Hello, everybody, and welcome back to DeathRollProds.com video games podcast, the quarterly podcast of DeathRollProds.com. As I was always, we were going annual now. <laughs> As always, I'm dead. Every day we got Cave. Yeah. And we got Alex. Yo. And yeah, I don't know what to say. We just keep. It just keeps being put off for various reasons. We're, we try. It's just things happen. Yeah. Life. Either get someone doesn't way. feel good or someone gets stuck somewhere or, you know, these things happen. Yeah. Or we just haven't fucking played anything. Yeah. I don't know if that y'all was actually one of the big problems this year. There yeah. just wasn't much to play. That was true. Yeah. I think there was one where it's like, hey, what have you been playing? Nothing. 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 Awesome. We got nothing to talk about. Well, it's not that we're not recording this week. It's not there's not much to play is that anything that we anything that does come out, either we aren't interested in or we don't we can't fucking afford it. Like I, 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 any games I've got this month. Like the only reason I'm talking about any of these games is because either I got it for free, it was on sale, or I got it as part of a bundle. So you know. I mean, I get it. <sighs> yeah. Like literally, the only reason I have games to talk about is one, I'm replaying a game, and the other, I earned extra money on the side to be able to afford to get. <laughs> And that's that's all I'm only, I'm talking about two things, and that's it. I mean, I bought a newish car, so you have a job. You're fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. But you're I, you're a functioning adult. I know. Like, I know. I, I know. I have a job, but still, I'm like, you know, I probably should waste too much on games this month. Anyway, my job is I got lucky and got married. That's my job. And my job is the government pays me because my brain don't work right. They don't pay much. It's a crap job. <laughs> if you can get anything else, go for it. But anyway. Yeah, so before getting into what we've been playing, then let's talk about some news first, as we've decided it's probably better for the show. So first off, uh, this is a bit of an older story in terms of like recency, because it's two weeks old at the time of recording. So that might as well be like year old. But y'all heard about the Unity shit. Yeah. Alex? No, I have not. Uh, wait. Um, sort of, yes. It was sort of explained to me, but I didn't get it. Alrighty, so, uh, in mid-September, uh, Unity, makers of one of the, like, most used fucking game engines of all time lately, it's used for fucking, like, uh, it's used for, it's used on, uh, like, AAA games, it's used on, like, indie games, it's used on mobile games, it's used for just fucking programs. It's a widely used game engine, uh, and the makers of it, the company Unity, recently announced back in September that they were going to be changing up the pricing model of it. So, starting in January of 2024, all games that use the Unity engine will be charged 20 cents for each game installation once that once the game hits the threshold of 200,000 downloads and $200,000 in revenue. If you are if you reach a higher threshold of $1 million in sales and a million installations, then you will be offered um, you'll be offered a, a different subscription model that starts like 2000 a year. It's a whole fucking thing. I'm not super familiar with it. All I know is that um, the old model was just free. You could just download the engine and put a game out and sell it. And then Unity made... Um, Money via like advanced software subscriptions, um, integrated uh, advertising platform for mobile games and stuff, as well as paid analytical tools. When that happened, when the announcement initially dropped, 
pretty much every indie developer was like, okay, this is going to fucking bankrupt us. Because tw- like 20 cents per installation is a lot. A lot. So every time like, somebody installs a game, they have to pay 25 cents? 20 cents, and it's the first installation. Yeah. But the big thing that I, I'm seeing is, like, that's a fifth of the profits on most mo- on your a- average, like, indie mobile game. Because I see a lot of games out there for a dollar. Well, it's not even like indie mobile game stuff. Like, like most like games put out on like major platforms that are made by like smaller teams, they are fucking like threadbare in terms of like actually making a profit. Like, you need to like sell a certain number of games in order to just like barely eke out a thing. And I, then was, just, I was just, I was just sitting here thinking, why well, that's they just, that's why the game industry. I was just thinking, why can't they just add a quarter to the game price? I mean, sure, it would, that would be a a dumb thing to add, but it seems like it would be doable until you pointed out most of these games are really cheap and that would actually significantly increase the price of the product now they go yeah okay. it would significantly increase the price of the product it would reduce the chances that someone would actually be willing to buy it i was, I was like if it's a 50 dollars game okay now it's 50 dollars and a quarter that's a pretty stupid addition but whatever if you can afford to spend 50 dollars on a game you could afford another quarter yeah also this is applied retroactively yeah that's the part where it's horseshit yeah, it will be taking into it will take into account all historical sales of any game that a company has made using um, Unity, and then retroactively they, apply based on that. And how how are they going to check that? They have sales data. Yeah, they have, they literally make the analytical tools. Yeah, they know exactly how many times the game's been installed through their software. Yeah. So it'd be pretty easy for them. Yeah, it's and it's absolute horseshit. Yeah, uh, such horseshit that a week later they rolled back a bit. Like I'm getting flashbacks to one dun dun. <laughs> like, like they're like, yeah, we got our new hot shit. Oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. Well, no, everyone hates it. Quick, go back to what they like. <laughs> This is a genius. Our our customers will pay us whatever because we own them. Uh, they're not happy. What? You mean they pay attention to this stuff? Man, they'll still buy it anyway. Or cancel their subscriptions. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Oh, damn it. Stop a bitch. That's our primary financial model. No, our profits went down by one, by one digit. Fuck. Anyway. We won't be able to allow, we won't be allowed to be sit at the platinum table. We'll have to sit at the gold table. No. Well. I'll anyway. have to get the medium-sized jacuzzi. <laughs> if any of you know rich people who were misrepresenting, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so anyway, a week later, um, Unity issued an update announcing that that per installation fee uh, structure would be, I uh, would have a quote, drastically reduced costs for developers small and large. Uh, so they also added that uh, the free tier for the Unity game engine will not automatically charge people uh, for every installation of games developed on it. This this applies to like their current things as well, as well as all games retroactively anymore. So they're just doing away with that completely. Uh, the runtime fee changes uh, will only be applying to the uh, next major release of the Unity engine, which will not be coming out until 2024. However, anytime a group tries to pull the, yeah, it applies retroactively bullshit, I'm just like, sure it does. Yeah. 
But yeah, so um, other parts of the uh, new fee structure are still in place. Um, per installation fees will remain for games that earn uh, more than a million dollars US within a 12 month period, with the option to swap out this revenue model for a 2.5% uh, revenue share, which that seems like a lot. Yeah, that's still a lot of money. Uh, this view, that view will be based on a uh, the estimated number of users engaging with the published games on a per month basis. Um, along with this user installation numbers, uh, these will be self-reported. With the self-reporting uh, concession apparently um, side being used to sidestep uh, an issue that many developers had uh, with how users will be calculated, which includes stuff like a reinstallation, like reinstallations, um, game streaming, and games offered in multiple platforms. Mm. So yeah. It's doing the old classic company thing of let's make a broad sweeping change that fucking sucks for everybody. Oh, they hate it? Alright, cool. Let's let's walk back some of it. Alright, what can we get away with? Uh yep. what about the million dollar one? People can people can perceive people can like understand making two hundred thousand dollars. Making a million dollars, they can't fucking un they can't fucking fathom that. It's like perfect. Do that and we'll see how they do. Have they calmed down? Uh, a little bit. Perfect. That's all we need. So what if we hemorrhage 50% of my our user base? We've still got that other 50%. Yeah. That 50% is all freeware indie developers. What? What about Nintendo? Yeah, no, they said fuck you. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, the moment I heard Nintendo was involved in this case, I was like, well, they lost. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, Nintendo used Unity as the engine for a couple of their uh, Pokemon games. The mobile ones, I believe, but I'm not sure. <laughs> good, good luck, good luck getting that out of Nintendo. Good yeah. luck getting one red cent out of Nintendo. Oh, they'll give you a red cent; it'll just be covered in your own blood. <laughs> it just sends a fucking Mario-themed goons. It's like Shigeru Miyamoto has a word, has some words for you. That's, like that's part of why I'm amused by like anytime something does something that would affect like Disney. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're the villains most of the time. Right now I'm on their side. Oh, really dumb idea. I just had that's how they choose the next Mario voice. Now that Charles Martinez retired, they just like hire a bunch of goons to go beat the shit out of people while they're doing Mario voices and whoever does the best one gets the job. <laughs> Yahoo, motherfucker. <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> That would be hilarious. I stepped I on some so of his blood. <laughs> that would be so dark. I love it. <laughs> and then the cleaners are and the cleaners are the guys who get to uh, audition for Waluigi. Sorry, not Waluigi, just Luigi. <laughs> Poor Waluigi. Oh, it's scary. Oh. Mario. <laughs> oh, you should get hired for Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> if only my guy. Oh. Ah, oh, that'd be a dream. I will fucking die on this hill. Luigi's the better brother. He is. He is. He has more character develop development and depth. Yeah. The The ranking of the Mario-adjacent characters is Luigi, Wario, Waluigi, Mario. But back to the news. <laughs> yes, back to the news. Uh, so, earlier uh, this week, at time of recording... Um, a former cinematic artist from Telltale Games uh, by the name of uh, Jonah Huang uh, revealed on Twitter that he had been laid off from uh, the studio in early September, along with a bunch of other people. 
uh, saying in his tweet that Telltale laid off most of us in early September. And the layoffs occurred uh, about a couple weeks after the company acquired UK-based studio Flavorworks. Uh... Yeah, a Game Informer reached out to Telltale, who confirmed the layoffs that did occur, uh, but they did not say how many people they let go of. Uh, they did also say that um, that, uh, that that they that like currently they was they still have a bunch of games like in development at, at, at after laying off all the people, which is I get, I get it, but like, come on, man! Like like so many fucking like these games the industry like lately, I say lately in like the last year or two has gotten like so has gotten like so focused on what am I trying to say here? Not the industry. People. People who follow the game industry have talked a lot about just, like, crunch and treating workers with fucking respect. Uh, the called, like, unionized game workers has been picking up steam lately. Again, last couple of years, I say lately. I think I shit like this is like, yeah, we laid off half the team. We don't take it lightly, but we still have people making stuff. Don't worry about it. Like, that's the weird part that doesn't need to be put in there. It's fine. It's fine. Don't what do you, worry. What do you about mean it. that this is a scumbaggy thing, and that a lot of artists actually treat the whole game as you know their baby, and by laying them off in the middle of its creation, it's kind of you know robbing them of a lot of their integrity. And what? No, no, we're not the They're bad guys. They're expendable. They don't care. They just do their work and go home. Hell yeah! They're the bad guys for demanding fair pay. Can you believe these people? Yeah, trust us. We're Telltale. We haven't laid off 90% of our staff, which ended up closing our company before. Don't <laughs> fucking worry about it. Anyway, hey, Wolf Among Us 2, I guess. The first one wasn't that good. <laughs> I thought it was fine. It just... I they, got... they pushed their whole your choice matters system, and it didn't. But yeah, that's Telltale. Yeah, and like, don't push that if you're not going to actually make it a matter. That's my thing. My whole thing was just like I was playing it and the entire time I wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm making choices. I, my whole thing was, okay, what would this character that I'm familiar with do? I wasn't very familiar with uh, Big B Wolf, so. Yeah, I think at the, uh, by the t- when I had played that in the last couple of years, I had, like a couple of years before I had just finished reading all of Fables. <coughs> and a couple of spinoffs. Fables is interesting. Oh yeah, it's a, brilliantly written series i've read it now but i hadn't read it then yeah and then finally for news uh this is coming out of the verge so um by next friday at time of recording so friday october 13th uh oh shit there's a friday the 13th this year yeah there's friday the 13th every year well this year in on in october in the spooky <laughs> month <laughs> Oh, I spook them. So this is the spookiest thing of all. Corporate mergers. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Microsoft is eyeing up next Friday as the uh, closing date when they will be finalizing their 76, 78 point, sorry, $68.7 billion purchase of Activision Blizzard. Coming after 20 months of trying to buy them. <clears throat> Yeah, this uh, date is dependent on whether or not the Competition and Markets Authority, uh, a regulatory, a regulatory business, uh, a regulatory agency outside of the, uh, working out of the UK, that had previously blocked Microsoft's deal earlier this year. Um, Microsoft they restructured the deal 
in hopes that the in hopes that that would um, appease the CMA, which it apparently has, as they've given um, as at la- as uh, last month they gave preliminary approval. So, hey, I guess we'll fucking see. I don't like it, but hey, I fucking I guess. What the fuck am I going to do about it? Complain on the internet. Yay, that always works. We'll be on the internet posting my displeasure. <laughs> yeah, as you can tell, I know a lot about business <laughs> and capitalism, so this is, I can tell is a bad thing. Economics. Yeah, I don't know shit about shit. I just know that fucking a company like Microsoft buying a company like Activision Blizzard, that's just, I don't like it. Don't you know for fucking $68.7 billion? How much did Microsoft acquire uh, uh, Minecraft for? Uh, Let me check. Uh, You talk while I type, so it's not just dead air. (laughs) Well, the uh, the reason I say this is because... I was going to say, I've got got some news to bring in there while we've got a... uh, Oh, okay. Uh, Yes, Nintendo is closing the 3DS servers in about six months. Yeah, so if you've got anything you want to grab, grab it. <laughs> well, the, e- the eShop already closed. Oh, then fucking The eShop fuck closed up. a while ago, but just for online play and stuff like that, that's going to be shut down. Oh, yeah, all those hot 3DS online games. Uh, so, yeah, basically. Were there any good 3DS online games? Like, I never played online, so I wouldn't remember. I that's mean, why I'm asking. Good, I can't I mean, say, but I know there were. There were. I, yeah, I can't say if they were good. Like I know, I know the Fire Emblem games had an online versus mode, and Pokemon had their their Wi-Fi. Well, wasn't wasn't there like a Metroid online game? It was like Metroid, like Blast, some kind of like weird soccer thing. Uh, maybe I, I don't I don't know I don't know well, and the Wii and the Wii U too. That's more that's also important. I forgot about that part because I don't have a Wii U. But yeah, they're also closing th- those servers too. Yeah, no one has a Wii U. Yeah. It's the Wii U. Did anyone get a Wii U? Because I didn't. I did not get one. I got one for a month and then sold it because I wanted to play the Wind Waker, and was like, "All right, cool. Okay, I'm done now." <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Microsoft bought Mojang for two point five billion. Okay, and Mojang bought built one really good game. <laughs> Activision Blizzard has a lot more back into it. No, I know, but still, just the idea of just buying anything for sixty-eight point seven billion is yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. But... And like, fucking, why? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, man. I. Well, it's because they're trying to kill their competition. But their competition is Sony. Yeah, it doesn't mean they're not, they're, they can still yeah, buy. They're, they're, not, they're not going to be able to buy Sony. Yeah, they're, they're not trying to buy Sony. They're trying to kill it in the gaming market. Like, hey, we own literally all of the game producing companies outside of Japan. So go and fuck I, yourself. I don't <laughs> think that's going to be as big a victory as they think it's going to be. Yeah, of course it's fucking not. I mean, have you... I mean, they're just going to be like, okay, they're gonna be like, okay, congratulations, you've you've broken off the game market between the U.S. and Japan, like just like it was years ago. So yeah, hey, you yeah. own most of the game developers in America, and you put out Starfield and what else this year? Yeah. 
Oh, Starfield. Most of our stuff we have in Japan, so we don't particularly care what you guys own. We'll beat you anyway. I, I, w- I want the audience to know, when Starfield was announced, I practically shit myself. And then I waited. Then I waited. Then I forgot about it. <laughs> and then it came out. And I don't own it. Yeah, I remember like I remember like it was announced, forgot about it, and then gameplay footage started coming out like uh like in the last year or so. And I specifically told you like, hey, you can build ships that make they look like dudes. And that kind of sold you on it again, and then you forgot about it again. Mm-hmm. I, I am at this point like if I want to play Starfield, I'll just go load up Outer Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> completely equivalent completely equivalent games. They're, they're not, but it's got a it's got a narrative. <laughs> I think Starfield does too. Not from what I've seen. Well, because you've Some seen people playing them like they play Bethesda games. I was gonna say yeah, it has an, it's it also has a, it's also a Bethesda game. Yeah. Like it it probably has an equivalent narrative to Skyrim. <laughs> Cause it like it's been pitched as Skyrim in space by most of the people I've heard talking about it. Yeah. Which isn't a good thing. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't that big a fan of Skyrim. Like I I enjoyed what I played of it, but eh, I don't like Bethesda games. I love Skyrim, Skyrim, but I did not touch the narrative at all. I loved Skyrim. The narrative was hot garbage, and there wasn't actually much game. I don't play. think I ever I don't think I ever finished Skyrim. I think I got to like level forty eight and was almost done, and then was like, yeah, I'm bored and sold it. Yeah, I finished skyrim I, I finished the dlc stories and i don't think i i touched the actual like civil war narrative once i devoted over 600 hours to skyrim and beat the main narrative like twice <laughs> that's a lot so. that's that is a lot of skyrim yeah anyway those are for news let's now let's want to talk about games uh Two of them got fucking games that lead into each other, so I'll just I'm just gonna go first, bang out some stuff. Uh so I bought a new game. And new is in air quotes. Because while this version of the game was released recently, this is a game from the original DS. Woo! Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Oh, it's such a good game. I never played it before. I never even heard of that one before. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so it's a Shu Takumi. I believe uh, the Ace Attorney guy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a game from him. Um, it's not connected to uh, Ace Attorney anyway, but it is very like thematically and narratively similar to uh, a, a Ace Attorney. But the but like the gimmick this time is you're dead. You are a ghost who is trying to solve his own murder by traveling back in time through objects and corpses really this game feels like it's right up your alley you know quirky kind of detective story thing yeah like Danganronpa. yeah yeah honestly yeah yeah i i never got around to playing it back in the day because like it it wasn't like it was released here but i, I didn't like see any like real copies of it anywhere i went um like you know even by like my local like any of my local game store really had stuff like that uh in it and it was the same reason why I didn't play like the Ace Attorney games until they came out with like the trilogy on the Wii. I actually need to beat my copy of the original trilogy. Yeah, and, and so my copy of <laughs> man, I gotta beat a lot of games. 
Yeah, until they have a backlog. Yeah, until then, by the time it started like coming out, uh, by the time it started like you know picking up any kind of speed steam around here, I had already sold my DS. Then it got the port to iOS, which you know never fucking touched that. Uh, an Android port came to it because hey, I have an Android, I can play it there. Only released in Japan. But then, uh, in but then uh, June, June came around this year, and it was finally released on Switch, PS4, Windows, and Xbox One. So I got it on Windows, and I've played a chunk of that. I haven't got around to actually finishing it yet because I'm kind of in the middle of a slump and finishing games. But yeah, I've been yeah I've played a decent chunk of it, and it's fun. It's a very, it's a very tricky game, you know, bumtish. Uh, because a lot of because a lot of it is like a uh, the time rewinding stuff. Um, so basic idea of it is ghost. Yeah, this dude named Sissel, he dies. He gets killed and he cannot remember how he died or who killed him. And, except there was this one girl there who he knows was there at the time he died, and he watches her get gunned down by an assassin. So then, as he's like kind of like jumping through different objects as his as his ghost power. He can basically possess different inanimate objects. He ends like up like every ghost has a different power. Yeah. He ends up jumping into her dead body and talking to her soul, but her soul's like, you know, unconscious and can't really like interact. But then effectively the voice of God, there's like this weird little desk lamp that just kind of follows him around. Uh, it tells him like, Hey, use your have body. You, have you not beaten the game yet? No. Oh, you're going to love it when it's revealed. <laughs> You're going to love it. Yeah, I, so, I will avoid spoiling. Yeah, so the lamp tells him uh, that using her dead body, he can go back in time and basically uh, ghost trick a bunch of objects in order to make her not die. Just like change the circumstances around her death so that she doesn't die. And then you do that and it leads to this like big conspiracy surrounding these like blue people who are trying to kill her for unknown reasons who the fuck you are and what your connection is to her as well as her like hero because she like worships this cop who was accused of murdering his family and is now in jail serving like about to be executed for it and he's painting pictures of you for some fucking reason that I haven't got to yet and it's just like it's just like very classic ace attorney like storytelling of just like the most ridiculous fucking people doing the most circuitous murders possible, despite the fact that they're just dudes with guns. <laughs> and like they, they all have like very all like the assassins have like very specific visual styles, very specific um like gimmicks about them. Like this one guy, I can't remember his fucking name, but he's like on time or something where he's just like always just like goes into any someone's fucking apartment and just like sits there waiting for them to show up. And then as soon as they do, blam, leaves. <laughs> yeah, this game is it is a trippy it is a trip but it's a great trip <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's a lot it's a lot of fun so far um it is it is kind of like in order to like it, you, have, you have to like have a very macro view of whatever the fuck you're doing in the game because so there are so many moving parts for some of these tricks where you have to like it's like, all right, I got to activate this, and then that spins this out to here, which then when it hits this arc, I got to hit this item and jump over here. And if I fuck that up, I have to restart the entire thing over again. One thing I will say in favor of this game is it's a puzzle game that doesn't really have any moon puzzles. <laughs> and if you if you don't know what a moon puzzle is, it's a puzzle that you'd have to be like some kind of crazy alien to figure out. Yeah, it's moon logic. Yeah, and it 
old puzzle games were fucking chronic offenders with that shit. Old adventure games were chronic for that shit. Yeah, old adventure games. And it was just so infuriating. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and so yeah, th- this one doesn't have the moon logic, but it does just have like... Some of the puzzles are really fucking infuriating, though, especially later in the game. Yeah, um, I think the one that I like got stuck on for a while, um, just trying to remember, like there was the restaurant one. Where you had to like find a way to go from the like ground floor for restaurant up to the upper floor for restaurant in order to then jump into a massive chicken. Oh yeah, that one. And oh, then that one's a trip. And there was the uh, and there was the uh, timing one of trying to get flushed down a toilet in order to get caught by a guy who was supposed to be brain dead, but is actually just pretending and is using his uh, time to use a spoon to tunnel out of the prison. As you do. That seems to be a. This is a thing I've seen a lot of things where guys are like I'm pretending to be brain damaged, but I'm actually fine. Oh yeah, it was yeah, it was like it was that there was that storyline crossed with Shawshank because because like his massive hole for hiding the thing was behind a poster. Ah, of course. Yeah, and yeah, like it's it's a lot of fun for like a puzzle game. Uh, visual style, I think, is great. It is a very it's much more like it takes a lot of the elements of an Ace Attorney game, but then. Uh, like does it all in like very like thick clean line art so it's not mm-hmm. just like sometimes like uh pixels or anything it, it is beautiful in my opinion yeah, it looks great and it does and it like looks very much shutakumi like, i actually our, really hate the modern style of um of uh phoenix right the really clean lines and stuff you know what i mean yeah yeah i can see that yeah, uh, work for me. yeah, but this one is like very cartoony, very exaggerated. Like our main guy is a dude in an all red suit with like a massive, like three foot long spike of like yellow jaggedy hair jutting out of the back it's of his head. So great. He's, the design is just wonderful. He looks like a fucking very stylish xenomorph. And that's also where we get Missile the dog. Missile. Oh, I love Missile. I adore Missile. Yeah, uh, one of the things that uh, happens is when somebody dies, uh, they can be awake when they're dead. So effectively, uh, Sissel can like talk to them while they're dead and like get context about like, hey, what's happening? Who are you? What is hap- What is going on? Why should I care about any of these people? Yeah. And he talks to the dog and the dog's like, oh, hi. I like I'm you. I'm a dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my friend's going to get hurt. <laughs> I must protect my human. Did that dog just say hi there? Cecil is Cecil is the best. Yeah, period. like yeah, like it, it's great because the, the entire game takes place over the course of one night. Because apparently, if you like don't solve your own murder in the night that you get murdered, you just disappear forever. And yeah, he starts out being like, "What the fuck is going on? What is happening? Oh God!" And then, as he like possesses, and by the time he possesses like second dead person, he's like, "Yeah, I get it now. I understand. I am picking up what is being put down." Yeah. So yeah, Ghost Trick has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been it's been a thing that I need to get back to, and I've been thinking of getting back to. I just haven't worked up the energy to. Uh, but I did actually beat a game. The what? I know it's so it's so rare, and it's a game I got as part of a bundle that, if I knew what it was, I would have picked something different. <laughs> so the game's called Pumpkin Jack. It is an like action platformer. 
Uh. That sucks. Because like I like action platformers. Like I like Ratchet and Clank. I like the Jack and Daxter. And this looked like a that. It was like, hey, here's here's a Jack and Daxter, a Ratchet and Clank, where it's like we got 3D platforming and then also some like character action combat stuff. But it's also kind of spooky. Because the idea with it is uh a a um fucking the devil is like all right we got to fucking all right we hate earth let's got to fucking deal with it so they release a bunch of like undead and demons on earth and stuff and then a wizard the human's champion uh begins defeating him and defeating all those guys so the devil sends up jack the greatest trickster to ever live to deal with the fucking wizard and get and like get uh things back on track for the end of humanity and then, yeah, that's the game. You you play as Jack, who has possessed a scarecrow with a pumpkin head. Because, you know, the visual, the aesthetic. And you go from, you know, area to area, jumping on shit, fighting humans and other undead because the because the devil fucking hates you, too. So he's like, yeah, Jack, go beat the guy. But if you get killed, hey, skill issue, son. Oh, I hate that phrase. <laughs> and, yeah, so... You jump around all these different areas, and I will say the areas are at least varied a little bit. Like they're, they're not exactly you know massively different, but you got like castle areas. You got like a you got like a haunted wood. You got like massive fucking like churches and stuff. It all has the same like very like Halloween town aesthetic, but it does like vary stuff up enough that you are able to like just not feel like you're going through the same area over and over and over again. It ends in a Christmas town too, which is fucking weird, but I guess you know the again the vibe. But that's about all good I can say about the game. Oh, no. Yeah, the platforming feels floaty and hard to control and fucking awful. The character action stuff is... The character action stuff is all lock-on. You don't lock on to anything. Like, you don't actively lock on anything. You just automatically lock on to whatever the game deems is the closest. Regardless of what you are doing. If you are doing... If you're using, like, a fucking melee weapon that has... Like, if you use the basic melee weapon, which I think is a broom... Then you just fucking immediately snap to somebody else, regardless of the direction you're facing, regardless of the guy you're moving towards, and it'll just fuck up your vibe. If you're using the shotgun, it again does the exact same thing, because you get different weapons as the game goes along. Mm-hmm. No, honest, honestly, no idea about the differences between them, except for, like, attack timings. I don't know if they do, like, more damage, or if they have, like, anything else different about them, other than, hey, the shotgun lets you fire real quick, and then this uh, fucking staff doesn't and then on top of all of that with uh, on top of all that they put you in a lot of like group combat situations so you're just fucking like locking onto anything close and then just fucking bopping around with that there's a there's like a dodge thing as part of it because you know character action but dodge sucks too and uh, i feel bad for these devs yeah it's it's a it's not a good game it's also like a very weird sense of humor about itself where all the dialogue is written, and so it's just like so it's like Jack talking to a bird because the bird's like following you and is used to like fight enemies with force fields because it's medieval fantasy, so of course they have magic force fields. And it's just like a lot of really dumb, bad jokes. One of the collectibles in each level is like a record player that then leads to a pre-scripted dance number. And when I say pre-scripted dance number, I mean one of the two because there are exactly two. I hear that before. Yeah, it's just the same dances over and over and over again as you find these things. And then there's like, and there's 
only one voice actor and he voice acts in between the levels. But all of the in-between level interstitial bits are just the game explaining what the previous level you just played was. Oh, lovely. It's that like you play like you play yeah, you play the thing, you get the story, and then after that you get a recap of the thing you just did. And each level has um different like unique selling point stuff to it. They um like the castle one has a race element where you are on a horse and you're racing other knights on horses. Uh, there is a in like the swamp one, you can you can like yeah you end up having to like ride on a horse chasing a carriage through like a through like ruins and stuff. But the thing is, it's completely on rails, in spite of the fact that your horse can fly. Like you're able to like Wait. jump over you're able to like jump over stuff and do all other shit. But the horse is so obviously just on rails, and whatever the rail is is the ground. So it's like, all right, I'm coming up to this thing. Oh, God, I have to jump over it. Why can't I just fly? Because the rail says you can't. Uh, there's another thing kind of like that with like gargoyles that sucks too. It's all fucking bad. And honestly, actually with the um, with the fucking uh, like race one, at one point, the other racers just didn't load. And so I just was able to sit there for like five minutes doing nothing and still won. Fucking nutty. And then... Yeah, you get to the end and it's just... I don't know, man. I, I feel like it was setting up for some kind of sequel or something. I, I fucking hate it. It's not good. But it's only four hours, so I didn't have to suffer too long. <laughs> That's why you finished it. Yeah, honestly. And speaking of finishing things from that bundle, I had, didn't finish another game from that bundle. Okay. So, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Oh. <laughs> just just hey some interest never mind <laughs> i i played the new, i've played like two of the new wolfenstein games and i did not like either of them i never touched a wolfenstein game in my life uh were any of the ones that you played cave wolfenstein the new order i don't remember i do remember like a robot body coming up in one of them and i was just like what <laughs> Yeah, you might that, that might have been the new Colossus because like there are, there have been technically speaking, four Wolfenstein games from New Wolfenstein stuff, and according to popular opinion, only two of them are good. It's okay. Like, yeah, it's Wolfenstein: The New Order, Wolfenstein: The Old Blood, Wolfenstein: Two: The New Colossus, and Wolfenstein: Young Blood. And Young Blood and New Colossus are where the robot suits really come in. I know that I think they were in like the first game a little bit because like for those who don't know Wolfenstein is venerable fucking FPS franchise. Yeah. It's old blood like doom. Yeah, it's it's old school. I think it might. I think the original Wolfenstein might have predated doom a bit. I don't remember. I, I know like one of them predated the other. I think I think Wolfenstein predated doom, but doom got bigger fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody like Doom got bigger faster and everybody assumed uh that like Wolfenstein was a ripoff of Doom until they looked at the years they came out. But I'm not sure. Yeah. And I just punched my mic. <laughs> I apologize if that came through. And yeah, so then years ago at this point, uh I think like late late like late twenty teens. When the hell did New Order come out? 
Wolf of the Silent New Order. Uh, 2014. It's almost, fuck, almost a decade ago. Yeah, um, yeah, Bethesda and Machine Games, they made a new Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein the New Order, and it was very well received, and I very much enjoyed it. Uh, like, Wolfenstein was always ridiculous. It was never like, hey, let's go fucking kill Hitler, and then kept it relatively straight. It was always like you were fighting Mecha Hitler at the end. Mm-hmm. And with Wolfenstein the New Order, they bumped that up, where now you're like fighting robot do- like fucking massive like robot dogs and using like laser beams and the what and the fucking nazis have like laser beams and shit because yeah this is a game about fighting nazis not to get political no that no 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 fuck anyone <laughs> who's like oh you should no yeah nazis no. are bad guys yes nazis are bad guys they're the bad guys they are historically evil <laughs> they preach mass murder Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, so it's a Wolfenstein New Order was great. Like I kind of have an opinion about the same a lot of people that do, where it's like a really fun, classic, like update of a boomer shooter. Uh with a with a surprisingly okay story. Like it wasn't anything fucking groundbreaking or anything, but it was a it was at least an, an engaging and fun, like Ultimate history action war movie. They got to play. So that was fun. And then we move on to Wolfenstein 2. And it just felt like a lot of the magic was gone. It just felt like it was like retreading a lot of what Wolfenstein 1 did um, while trying to amp it up. Because you do get a robot suit. Yeah, um, pretty early on in the game, um, BJ Blaskovich, our main character, he gets, I think you're like, tortured or like he gets like fucking to put into a no gets put into a coma and it gets like muscular atrophy and so in order to like the game the game i remember playing you get beheaded and put on a robot body oh that's the one i played that might be the end of two i have no fucking idea i've never seen bj blaskovich get beheaded like i might be misremembering might be remembering another game or something but i'm pretty sure the game I played, you get beheaded and put on a robot body and, like, have super strength and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, like, like Jewish people had super tech hidden underground or something. You might be thinking of a different game. I'm going to have to look this up now. Uh. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Uh, but, yeah, so... As you are, so yes, you like fucking are unconscious muscles, fucking atrophy, and then the Nazis come in to come kill everybody in the hospital, and you manage to uh, get in a wheelchair and get the fuck out of there, while and then are saved by your compatriots from the first game, and then we meet the villain from the, the new villain who was, I believe, a character introduced in the first game, who then got upgraded to major villain in the second, and they are just this like horrendous bitch just this massive piece of shit she has like an overweight daughter who she just keeps like berating because she's like overweight keeps trying to get like force her to like kill shit and she's like i don't want to i don't want to be a piece of shit mom what the fuck the way that she ends up like straight up joining the resistance against the nazis and yeah because you are just horrendously fucked you get put in a robot suit uh, a robot suit that is a robot suit that you get after the previous person who wore it, who was this 
I don't know, pseudo mother, pseudo sexual figure to you? I don't 100% get their relationship. It is this game, the new Colossus. Okay. You that, don't get uh, beheaded. The person in the robot suit gets beheaded. Then you take off the robot suit and put it on yourself. No, 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 no. What, what, like, what I was misremembering. It's not, it, it happens later in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm spoiling something for you unintentionally. And uh, I'm not finishing this. Well, you don't get a, and it's not a robot body that you get. It's a super soldier body. But, like, you get captured at a later point in the game beheaded and there's like this whole cutscene like we've only got so much time but we're gonna talk throughout that whole time instead of just connecting the body like we're supposed to and it's just this it's this whole big thing but it's a super soldier body not a robot body so i was misremembering that okay but yeah it's, it just feels like a, like a lot of it just feels like a retread of the first game where there's but a retread but they bump it up a bit where it's like in the first game you had a you had a choice very early on in the game where you get captured and then you have a choice of w- which one of your two allies do you get killed by the Nazis? Yes, because that choice matters. They one do- of your allies is dead. That's always going to be like yes, I, I hate when games give you that kind of false choice. Well, no, the choice does matter because it changes who's sad in the cutscenes. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it matters if you care about the story. Which you don't, because it's Wolfenstein. And even then, you don't really care about it. And even then, it doesn't really matter anyway, because the story is just, hey, this guy's sad. But yeah, so they, they basically do a redo of that, but they don't give you the choice. They put you up in the same set, they put you up in the same everything, and then just go, all right, you choose Mr. Blaskovich. Who is going to die? Lord J.K., she dies. <laughs> yeah, because of course she's going to die. You need to get the robot suit. Otherwise, you just spend the rest of the game in a wheelchair. Which wouldn't exactly fit their heroicness, like the heroic nature of the fucking thing, because it's kind of hard to wheel your way through rubble. <laughs> I think BJ would actually be able to do it, though. Yeah, I mean, he fucking. I, I think th- I think he'd be the guy who'd be like ramping over debris while shooting a gun with one hand and still managing to work his wheelchair. Yeah, he's got his pregnant wife in his lap, just making out with him the entire time. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, BJ Blazkowicz is a badass. I just didn't enjoy the game. Yeah. And so the thing that bugged me the most outside, like the thing that, the thing that like really pushed me away from the game was the fact that for some fucking reason on PC, full screen and borderless full screen are effectively the same thing. And neither of them lock your mouse cursor to the game. Oh no. Oh no. That's terrible. Your mouse cursor is still invisible though. So I'd be what? like, yeah, so I'd be like playing the game and I have two monitors. So I have like a video play up on my second monitor. I have the game up on my main monitor. I'm playing it. I kind of wheel over to something else and like move the mouse over to something else and then scroll down. At which point my gun changes, but then also the YouTube video I'm watching scrolls down. They move my mouse over, they move my mouse over to the left, scroll down again. YouTube video doesn't change. Move back to the right, scroll up, changes. So I'm like, all right, cool. It doesn't lock your mouse cursor to the thing, but it still makes it invisible. All right, six. So I guess I play controller. So I moved over my controller and I didn't like the way it played. I like, I normally am a controller guy on PC. I cannot play boomer shooters with a controller like this. And another game I'm talking about, I cannot play them with a controller whatsoever. No, they're really built for uh, mouse and keyboard. Yeah, exactly. 
And so, yeah, it was just, hey, do I want to play this game? Do I want to play this game that is already kind of annoying me in the worst way possible? Or do I want to be annoyed every time I do it the way I'm supposed to be playing it? Yeah, I just installed it. And they moved on to a different boomer shooter and a much better one, Doom Eternal. Yeah. Doom. Yeah. So, sequel to 2016's Doom. It's really fucking good. In almost every way that, like, in like almost every way that Wolfenstein New Colossus annoyed me, this game doesn't. At least now I know that I was hating on the right game. Yeah, because like Doom Eternal does kind of the same stuff that Doom does, but it does it bigger in a way that actually feels like natural and not just forced retreads. Because original Doom, you were fucking woken up in hell by the demons and just fucking going nuts, killing everything. This time, though, demons are on Earth and you are kind of rolling around Earth. But you're rolling around Earth from your spaceship. Because the Doom Slayer has a fucking spaceship or space station or something that lets him like basically portal down to Earth wherever he wants to go. Just to go fucking murder demons. That's badass. Yeah, and they do get into like they kind of get into the lore a bit more, where there's like a cutscene where a character talks to you like they know you. But even then it doesn't it doesn't do a whole lot. They don't it doesn't like stick around, it just kind of goes in as like, oh here, here for the thing. Alright, here, cool, here you go. Go kill some stuff. Go do good work. Yeah, and then you go kill stuff. God's work. Yeah, um, I can't remember. I don't believe the first game had a dash, or like an air dash, but th- they've added a lot more like elements of like first person platforming, where you, where you have to like jump, dash, swing off a thing, dash again into a fucking spike wall in order to grab onto it and climb it up in order to get to the secrets, or just like advance the story mode proper. I just adore the memes about Doom, specifically the ones where it crosses over with Animal Crossing. <laughs> Like, I adore that so much. Yeah, I, like, I, I... Everything I've heard about Doom, great game. Not my kind of thing. I'm not into boomer shooters, for example. Okay. Part of why I would never play, like... Like, I was one of those people who had a pre-order for fucking, um... God, what was it called? Duke Nukem? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm talking about the original, like, oh yeah, we're we'll still honor pre-orders pre-order. I was one of those kids. So what you But I, I I only had the pre-order because all of my friends were like, oh yeah, you gotta play Duke Nukem. And So are you talking about like Duke Nukem 3D? The yeah, way back in the day. So you, so you pre-ordered Duke Nukem 3D way back in the day, never came out, and then you were able to like get the pre-order from when Gearbox put it out? Well, they said they were going to honor it, but I was like, "Why? I don't. I. I didn't. I was. I wasn't one of those lunatics who still had the receipt, for example. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> there still, were. There, I still have my yellowed receipt for Duke Nukem Forever. I've been waiting thirteen uh, but years. I was just like, "Why would anyone want this?" And apparently, people actually cashed in. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, how there long are it, people who? Where were you keeping that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like." How did how did you save it for that long? Just bring over there like hermetically sealed container. You gotta, like crack it open in order to scan the thing, but you gotta do it quickly because if you because as soon as you crack it open, the there's like time hits the fucking receipt and it just starts withering. The heat ink starts fading. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, do, do, do you see the receipt just like slowly evaporating? It's like quick scan it quickly, quickly, quickly. I had five dollars on this game. <laughs> Five nineteen nineties dollars. The value is higher. Yeah, that's like fifteen bucks now. 
not really, but you know. But yeah, like Doom Eternal does so. Doom Eternal does so much. It it like expands on the first game in some interesting ways. Like uh, in the first game, you had the chainsaw. Like the the main kind of like things that you did were glory kills and chainsaw kills. Those were your two main recovery methods. Uh, chainsaw kills generated ammo, and then glory kills generated health. This one adds in a third thing of a flamethrower, which generates armor. Where does you flamethrower somebody, and then for as long as they are on fire, they just eject armor pieces from them that you can pick up. Uh, they okay. also they also come back with a like uh, they also have the like um, weapon upgrades where you have like a shotgun that has like every every gun has like two alternate fire modes, with the main shotgun's alternate fire mode being like full auto. And then sticky bombs. And the sticky bombs. Sticky bombs are fucking clutch. Uh, just like fighting like fucking spider demons. And you have to like. And like just like pinpoint shooting a fucking sticky bomb onto their like back turret. So it explodes off. And then they lose one of their main weapons. I hate how like back and forth sticky bombs are. Because <laughs> in video games sticky bombs are either the goat. Or absolute trash. Yeah. In this one. In this one they're. Not the goat, but they are very helpful. And back in Halo, I was a f- I, like I was banned from using sticky bombs in uh, in competitive matches with my friends because I would just be able to nail them every time. <laughs> I think I was the only one that liked using the sticky bomb launcher in Mass Effect Three. I don't oh, even no, remember they had a awesome. sticky bomb launcher in Mass Effect Three. Are yeah. you talking about the pistol? Yeah, the pistol. Yeah, yeah, the shit was awesome. That was so much fun. But you can was, fuck yourself if you go back on a second playthrough and have it equipped because oh yeah. you need the normal pistol to kill the like first enemy. <laughs> and if you don't have it, you just can't kill them. I yeah, fucking get, hate oh yeah, that you shit. Get, yeah, there, there, there's a there's a, like a quick time slash event slash not really where like this one guy after you beat them they get up and they start running at you and you have there's like a slow motion time. Where you and have you, to, you have you have to blow them away with the big yeah. pistol. It, well, <laughs> well, no, any any regular pistol will work, except this sticky bomb gun because like it, the bombs won't kill her before she reaches you. Yeah, so she owns your ass, <laughs> and you get caught in a loop. Yeah, outstanding. <laughs> so you have to start the game all over again, or you can go back to an earlier save because it's well, yeah, well, like, no, you said, you know, I mean, you could bit. just or just restart that mission, but yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's it, I, it pissed me off when I was playing through because I was like, yeah, I got my sticky bomb launcher, and then it's like, oh, well, fuck me, huh? Man, that's what you get. That's what you get for going for the optimal strategy. <laughs> but no, I love that gun. I yeah. still use it on all my playthroughs, and I really love Doom Eternal. Uh, I'm currently at a point where I have died twice, so I'm getting a bit. I'm getting a bit annoyed that the game has given me the option of, hey, restart with this more powerful armor so you don't die as quickly. Oh, I really hate when games do that. Yeah, it's annoying. Like, like, I understand putting it in there for, like, the five-year-olds, but give me an option to disable that shit. Well, no. So, you're thinking of, you're thinking of baby mode. My thing, the thing I'm talking about is, like, the chicken hat from Metal Gear Solid Five. Oh, God. Where you die They're offering that to you? Yes, you die a couple of times, and then it pops up. Hey, we have this. We have this fucking easy baby mode. You want to load the game normally, or load the game with easy baby mode? No, fuck you. 
Yeah, I'm just, not a I'm not a little bitch boy. I only died twice. Yeah, it feels insulting. But no, like the game still looks great. Um, it is it's the same like like modernized like techno death metal fucking everything where where it's all just like fire and brimstone and all the fucking creatures and enemies you're fighting have either just like very like gooey it's either, it's some mixture of just like gooey exposed flesh and just like fucking like laser beams bursting out of it. It all looks fucking great. The demons all look cool as hell. Um, the platform actually does add a lot. Like, a, like the increased verticality in like in like the different like fight arenas of like running around, grabbing onto like a grabbing onto like a yellow beam because it's just like a massive yellow beam that you grab onto because they're not subtle. This is Doom. Yeah, this fucking jumping subtle, on be fun. This fucking on that jumping, swinging up, going into slow mo in the air and firing like five rockets at a caco demon. It's great, and all the enemies like the weaknesses too. I think the weaknesses is a new thing. Where specific enemies will have specific things you can target or ways to attack them that will deal like massive damage to them. Where like the spider tanks, they got the fucking gun on the back. Uh, there are these big fucking like I think they're called mancubus demons that have like two massive fucking like rapid fire plasma beams in their arms, and you can target those to destroy those to like instantly deal way more damage. Um, you got the fucking like doot doot demons with the missile launcher and the jetpack. You can you can blow dude, off both dude, yeah you can blow off both the missile launchers to deal way more damage to them and with the big floating eye things you can fire a sticky bomb into their mouth which makes them swallow it with a cartoon gulp sound and then they explode. Oh, I love that. That sounds awesome. That, I adore that. Yeah, it's great. Doom has found a really great way to balance the like heavy metal nature of everything while still being somewhat tongue in cheek with jokey about everything. Uh, if only they would you know pay their musicians. God damn it. <laughs> yep. Mick Gordon had a whole fucking thing about it. Which, for Doom especially, that feels extra shitty. Because Mick Gordon is so much of the reason why that first game worked. And this game too. Mick Gordon, he did all he did all the music for it. And his particular, like, brand of just, like, fucking heavy, like, fucking just, like, chug metal. Fucking just weird gent shit. It was great. And it, and it like makes so much of the game. And so just having it be like, all right, yeah, so we haven't paid Mick Gordon yet. And you know, like those special edition versions that you got that have like the CD in them. Yeah, those just ripped from the game that are all peaking. So we didn't actually have any masters on there. Just then, you know, get fucked. Don't know if that's a Bethesda thing or a like id software thing. Either way, just shitty. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, play Doom Eternal. It's good. And then. Last game to talk about. Uh, this is a game that I got a reviewed code for three years ago and then never did anything with. I recorded a video for it, but it was at a time where I had reinstalled or did some changes to the settings in OBS and I didn't maintain my audio settings. So the audio was all one track and fucked. So I couldn't, so I didn't re-record it and just kind of let it sit there. It's called Chicken Police Paint It Red. And reason I went back to it, fully selfishly reasons, um, it's been like four years since I've reviewed a game for the site. And because of that, kind of no longer getting review codes. And I need, and I kind of want, I want to get back into like doing that so we can actually get some stuff and get some content on the site that isn't just, you know, three to four months out of date. So I want to go back and actually finish this, get it going. And 
yeah, it's it's interesting. It is a game that's very much up my alley. It is a like um, neo noir detective game where you're playing as chickens. <laughs> yeah, in a city made up entirely of different animal people. Like every single person in the game is human body, animal head. And yeah, in the game you're playing as a old about to retire police detective uh named Sonny. Uh he was part of a Can I guess that it's 2 weeks till retirement? Uh no, actually. If if it was if it was his choice, he wouldn't be retiring. But his uh but his police captain is kind of racist and is trying to force him out. Mother clucker. They don't do that joke. Well, I did. But yeah, so uh Sonny Featherland. He is a old cop, uh kind of doing like not private eye work, but effectively living the private eye lifestyle of being in a dingy apartment inside of a massive apartment complex where a woman comes in and goes, Oh, Mr. Featherland, I need you help with something. And then you go, eh, it's not my not really my case. Gal chugs a whiskey. Uh, the hard boiled life. Exactly. <sighs> so hard boiled. Yeah, and so <laughs> He gets approached by a woman who is the assistant of a singer at a nightclub. Uh, she is also the current girlfriend of a gangster who's like, hey, I need your help with this. And it's like, and she, also, and she says like, hey, my employer, no, my employer knew your wife because his wife is dead. And I believe she was some kind of parrot. Oh, no, she was a, she was a parrot. She was a budgie. Ah, so she wasn't a stool pigeon. Got it. Yeah. And so Sonny's just like, all right, cool. I got to get my fucking partner back. And so he goes and gets his partner, Marty McChicken. <laughs> and it is M-A-C, chicken, to avoid copyright. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. and I love it. Yeah. And so the chicken police are back at it again. Uh, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like decent world building in this thing of like establishing that. Marty and Sonny are like famous in this town. The chicken police was an actual, the chicken police was an actual like thing. They were called in the press. They were effectively like a, they're effectively like a superhero duo within the department. Like, uh, remember, do you guys ever watch the other guys? No. Okay, cool. Any other I'm reference? Sorry, but... Um, lethal weapon. Yeah. I love lethal weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah they, they effectively had the same like renown as Riggs and Murtaugh. With Sonny being the Murtaugh and Marty being the Riggs. As so yeah, they yeah, they like come together in order to like go solve this case where this woman, a singer at a jazz club who's a cat, uh, she is being threatened. I think she had like derogatory stuff written on her like mirror in what looked like blood. Oh, fun. And then you have to like go around and try to figure out who did it, what's happening, who's going on. And it is a kind of like point and click adventure game, um, all black and white with very few exceptions. It's kind of like a, the color palette is very Sin City, where it's like all black and white with the exception of like accent colors. Like the cat's eyes are like bright fluorescent green. Oh, like, cool. Not fluorescent green, but like very like deep, vibrant green. Um, red is used in there too sometimes. And it looks very striking. It looks really great. Like oh, the way they're like they're like actual chicken. Yeah, I thought I thought yeah. it was like an anthropomorphic style, but no, it's just it's just no. a chicken. You know, it's, it's chicken in a know, suit. It's just a full guy's body. They replace his head with the head of an actual chicken. 
They're not a man. They're a chicken, boo. Yeah. Um, it's a chicken, I tell you. A giant chicken. Yeah, it's very similar to uh, like uh, Aviary Attorney. Did you all remember that game? Yeah, I remember that one. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Th- this is, Weird, this is, but fun. Yeah, this is like an Aviary Attorney through the lens of like a Sin City. Everybody clucks their own way. Yeah, th- that's, the, that's the fucking thing. He, he like, like the city they're in is a is like one of the only like majorly developed cities in the wilds because it's not it's, this isn't like earth but everyone's a chicken or an animal or something this is a straight up like alternate universe where um a group called the wild gentleman which by the way that's the name of the developer of the game the wild gentleman essentially founded a city inside the wilds and then we're able to just like make they were to make this society like civilized but but hey who's the real uncivilized the people in living in the city the people living out in the wilds noir shit and there's also just a ghetto where all the bugs live it's literally it's literally just called the hive just in just massive city in the middle of it just this massive beehive where all the bugs live because the bugs had some fucking riots and so the cops were like all right fucking force them into the ghetto because it's a noir remember Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's interesting. Like the main gameplay elements of it are talking to people. You just interrogate a suspect, and then you essentially have a list of questions to ask them. With the questions, with your only real guidance being Sonny's um, observations and um, observations of their personality quirks and their uh, like personality just trying to figure out what questions to ask in order to like trick them into revealing more information than they want and it's not super intuitive because again because you know there's gotta be that level of like you gotta be able to like read and figure out what from what and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i'm not exactly the best person to talk to about that but it's it'll like close off dialogue options if you like fuck up and it, according, according to like stuff I've read about it, you can never like not beat the game. You will always get exactly the you will always get exactly the basic amount of information that you need to complete the story. It's just a matter of how much of the backstory do you get. Which it's that's nice. You don't. It's not a thing where you have to be like oh, yeah, I have to get fucking perfect in everything in order to actually progress. You can still get the basic information you need to go forward and not have it just be oh you fucked up so hard. I guess we're promoting you. Fucking La Noir. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um the main issues that I really had with it, like back then and now, is I'm not the biggest fan of the writing or the voice acting. Because this game is completely voice acted. Which is rare for one of these like adventure game visual novel style things. Yeah. But it's all voice acted and some of the voice li- some of the voice acting is fine. They play it up as being like really handy, like the fucking guy voicing Sonny. He does the entire game as like, yeah, I'm a I'm a hardball detective, see? Just like playing really hard into like the stereotypes of like old old school noir. Then you got his partner Marty, who just kind of talks that like chick has a tough shell on her. Yeah, and then you just talk to Marty, who just talks like a guy, but very awkwardly. Like English isn't his first language. And based on based on the amount of accents in these in the developers' names, I'm assuming he isn't. And yes, and like it, like it's kind of like half and half in terms of in terms of like people with decent voice acting and people who just aren't that great at it. And with the dialogue itself, 
some of it's fine in like the very over the top uh, like neo noir style, but then some of it is just. I think I, I think I mentioned this when I talked about it originally, but some of it is just like the, like the hey, why the long face said to a horse, hey, that's racist. Moving on, like, they, like everyone has to point out when someone says something racist, and be like, hey, that's racist, racist, you know, and be like, hey, that's bad. Don't be racist. Which I don't know, like if, like either have it be a part of the world that people are just accustomed to, or just don't have it in there. This isn't the actual 1940s. You don't need to be racist. I don't know. It just gets it just gets annoying when you get to like the third dialogue thing, like the third scene in a row where someone says something that is a common turn of phrase. But then you go, oh, wait, you're talking to a dog. That means you hate dogs. Racism. Oh. That's the most annoying part of it. Aren't we clever? Yeah, I, I'm going to finish it. Because I do want to finish this game before the sequel comes out next year. Yeah, uh, the next one's going into the hive about a bug murder, and it's all going to be yellow themed because of honey, you know, like hives. Ah, uh, I get it. Yeah, but it is fun. I do, I do still enjoy the game. I enjoy the aesthetic. I enjoy the like conversational interrogation. That's not just uh, that's not just. Hey, you said a thing. Evidence, but. It feels more freeform, but at the same time, it kind of like suffers some of the structure, like sacrifice some of the structure for that more free flowing, not free flowing, but like more naturalistic narrative uh, style of like just interrogating people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I'm enjoying it. That's good for me. Come up from there, Alex. All right. So first off, I decided to be a super casual and. Give it, give it a try on the the hottest game that has been around lately, Baldur's Gate Three. Oh, you basic bitch! Ah, yes, I know. That came out. Yes, it did. Came out like a month ago. Huh. From the fine folks at Larian Studios and the worst I- TT RPG publisher. Hey, you guys have a phone, don't you? <laughs> That's a different company. I know, but like, like. It's just what I think of right now when I think of uh, fantasy RPGs. I just, I can't, I can't help it. <sighs> I think of the Pinkertons. Yeah, I, I thought that was still like in testing, wasn't that? Or am I wrong? What uh, Baldur's Gate? So that came out of beta. Uh, oh yeah. well, I mean, it, it was in beta for like two years, but no, it's 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 finished and done. Yeah, it's fully and out, and it sold like. So it's sold so much that Hasbro in general is like, maybe we should start focusing on video games exclusively because look at all this money we're getting. And it was making a big deal because in the, and, and the they were like companies like, oh, uh, don't expect Baldur's Gate 3 to be the standard. God damn it, they're making us look bad. What do you mean there's no microtransactions? It's just a big, long game. Yeah, Larian, you know, yeah, yeah, Larian just made a good game and people yeah, are like, you've yeah. set the fucking standard too high. People are like, I, oh, f- I, I forgot I love- people could do that. I love Larian Studios. I pretty much enjoyed everything that they've come out with and plan to get Baldur's Gate 3. But like Yeah. I'm I'm probably going to wait for it to come out on, it's, on a console. I it's it's yeah, no, it's it's really it's really good like despite uh, all the despite all the shady, you know, crappy things they've done with the franchise, uh Larian somehow managed to pull one over on them. Yeah, probably cuz they just were like it's like they just probably like cut them out as development as much as possible. 
apparently this was all like finalized back before they really had tried to do anything with before the, all the drama the IP yet, like a couple years back. So like they basically had free reign to just do whatever they want, and you know Hasbro was like, fine, whatever. Yeah. So uh, okay, for reference, the game fully came out August third. PlayStation Five version came out September sixth. Mac OS version came out September twenty uh, second, and the Xbox Series X and S is coming out this year. So I'm gonna have to get a PlayStation Five, which I believe you're already planning on doing. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and also uh, with. Also, with in terms of it's, it's a it's a big financial sink when you're trying to save up to you know put a down payment on a house. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, uh, going back to like, circling back around a little bit to sales numbers. So according to a uh, couple different um, like Steam as well as Larian itself, on Steam the game had 537,000 concurrent players on day of release, with uh, peak players being 875,000 concurrent on its second weekend after release. And then a day after the game's official release, uh, Sven Vink, CEO of Larian Studios, said that uh, said that um, on PC via Steam Early Access, the game had sold 2.5 million copies. Uh, and apparently that far exceeded the uh, studio's expectations and those of Microsoft. Yeah, basically everyone was like, well, how did this do so well? It's like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean they just made a game? What do you mean they made a good game? What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? What? How do you how do you make a good game and make money? What? That doesn't happen. You've got to fill it with microtransactions so everyone hates it. Yeah. Where's the forced online mode? The funny thing is, there is an online mode. Yeah, but the, yeah, from what I've seen, it doesn't feel forced. It's not forced, but you can play this what seems to be single player game online via having other people uh, play. How the, are you going to make? Characters. How are you going to make sure that they're not stealing your game? If you don't have always online DRM, what the fuck? Yeah, it really, it really, it it basically every everything that they'd been doing the last couple of years. This game just like destroyed everything, and they're all really mad. Yeah, what do you mean it doesn't have Denuvo? Denuvo, what the fuck are they talking about? It's like I don't know. They never called us. Like there, there are so many articles by like quote game journalists being like, "Don't get too carried away by Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> you know, don't expect that to be the standard here because again, that would be it would be unfair to expect this level of quality from everyone else. Yeah, no. So here's what I'll say: Don't expect this to be a standard. People are cheap and they won't fucking put in the effort. Yeah. Don't expect this to be the standard. Want this to be the standard. There we go. Complain loudly when it's not the standard. Apparently, it it wasn't even really that hard. Slash expensive to make c- compared to relatively, I mean. Yeah, relatively. All right, so, you filthy casual switching to yeah. American RPGs instead of JRPGs. Le- yeah, Not like they're, they're they're like they didn't like they didn't kill their developers with crunch time. They didn't cheap out on anything. Apparently, it all went really smoothly, and all you really had to do was take a couple years to slowly hammer out a decent game. Oh, yeah. It helped that it helped that it was it had been in pre-release for so long they basically had other people beta tested for them yeah honestly you mean like most companies claim to do by just releasing an unfinished game yeah (laughs) no other companies don't claim anything they're like hey game's fully out it's released and then just like all right what are they doing what are they complaining about meanwhile meanwhile this is hey releasing it in early access this isn't done but fill out this form if when you're when you if you want to get done quicker 
He's like, it's not done, but if you want to play it early, you can. Just know that it's not done yet, and yeah. some things probably and, aren't going to work. And we're going to need your input to make it work. Yeah, just tell people the game's not done, and they'll still buy it. And while you're at it, tell us what you like. And they were like, yeah, we don't think this character's story worked out real well. And they're like, all right, fair enough. We'll make a few modifications. There you go. And they're like, oh, you listened to our advice. How strange. But thank you. <laughs> oh. Holy shit. Why don't more companies do this? Yeah. They'll make millions. They're, they were like, uh, you, you know, this one character, everyone really seemed to like her. You probably should have put her in the game more. Oh, all right. We'll make her a regular party member. Thank you for your input. <sighs> can I fuck the bear? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, that, that, was, that was the that was the big the big controversy is with the 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 obligatory uh romantic scenes with the druid you can be like can i fuck you in the bear form and he's like yeah sure well no like i honestly kind of like i'm not about that i kind of appreciate it oh just, just I, the I, fact I, I i adore that it's hey can you can you be a bear while we do it <laughs> i adore that yeah the fact the fact that the company was like a let's do that and b let's market it that way because that was a trailer. I, the, the reason I mentioned is because I kept hearing people talking about fucking the bear, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's amazing oh, marketing." Okay. It is. There's going to be a lot of people who know about this game exclusively because I want to fuck the bear. Yeah, there are a lot of people that are like, "Where's this bear character? I don't see a bear character. I want to fuck a bear." And it's, you know, he's not—he's not a literal bear. He's a druid. Yeah, he just turned into a bear. He just turned into—he just turned into a bear during your romantic scene because you were like, "That's my kink," and he's like, "Awesome." <laughs> want to go for a roll in the hay with yogi yeah i'm hornier than your average bear want to see what i got in my picnic basket oh god <laughs> <sighs> so hey has Baldur's gate three uh it's uh, it's basically it's what everyone says it's it's really good uh it has this interesting thing where uh, you can make your own like main character as expected or you can pick one of like the many party members you have and you can just make them the main character yeah that's actually pretty standard across uh western uh uh, rpgs i'd I'd never seen that before yeah uh because was (laughs) you finish what you're saying it's your segment i was gonna say because i was gonna say because like most of them have some weird thing that's not uh, common to the class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Like the rogue, the elf rogue is a vampire. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. That's not what I was thinking. I thought I thought it was going to be like the standard, uh, like, Watsy thing of like, oh, hey, we made a pre-built character using our system, but then we also wanted something special, so you can't make exactly them. The, well, that's true. You, you can't make exactly him as a pre-built rogue because he's a vampire. You, there are vampire That's, playable races, but not in this game. Not in this game, but in yeah, the rules but, in like the rules in general. Yeah, the the reason that like we're talking we're talking about because like in a lot of these games, like okay, I want to build this exact character. Well, you can't. I, yeah. I was more joking. I was, I was more joking about five E's pre-builds. Uh, yeah, no, but you know the the pre-made characters they all have like this one thing that's unique to them that like the regular player can have. Like the elf rogue is a vampire and. The human wizard has this condition where he has to drain magical the magic out of magical artifacts, or he'll explode. <laughs> explode? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. 
I love that. That's that's clever. I it's like, like that. it's like you have to you have to give him a, a magical artifact once every couple long rests, or he'll explode. Are magical artifacts is- like easy to find? Yeah, relatively. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like you can give him some of the really hard to find and or expensive ones, but you don't have to. You can just give him any random like weapon with a magical charge, and that'll count. Okay, magic items. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I, in my head, I. I'm thinking of this as I'm thinking of this through a five E lens, which is my only real context for it. Yeah. And artifact in there is a very specific term for a specific tier of magical item. That's what he calls it, but like it's just a magical item. It's like, oh an artifact. This 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 plus one sword that was made a week ago. Yeah, that that's good enough. And after after he gets like I think three or so of them, like that's all he needs, and then the quest can progress to something else. Okay. So it's not a permanent like every day you got to do it. No, it's just, but like it's like if if you go through too many long rests, like there's just a cutscene of him going ah boom game over. <laughs> just dies. Do you know this because you've seen the cutscene? No, but I've seen it on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna be like, have you killed the wizard? Is that what happened here? I was, no, no, he he, 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 he he doesn't just kill the wizard. It kills everyone. Like you get a game over. <laughs> Because it's it's not it's not just he goes boom it's like a nuke level boom that destroys the entire area. Wow. Okay. I want to play this wizard. Oh wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah, like that's like awesome. the game like it's game over. Like you can't you can't proceed. It, and if he dies, uh, what was this not in their advertising? Yeah, and it's like if if he dies, like he projects this image of himself. It's like, Hey, if you're seeing this, I've probably died. And, uh, here's a scroll of resurrection and hint, hint, you should probably resurrect me because there might be a problem if you just leave me there. And sure enough, if you just leave his dead body there and then go about your business, like a a few, a few long rests later, there's a scene of his corpse exploding and you get a game over. (laughs) Even if you're not in the area, even if you're not in the area. Yeah. The corpse just follows you. No, it's just it's such a it's such a big explosion that it oh, oh, so it's like it when you said nuke, you meant like real fucking like real, the real world freaking, ending like, kind of thing. Not, not the world, but like the levels this like like city level and or the entire area you're in level. Okay. That's but yeah. Alrighty then. Okay. That's it's, fucking awesome. It's pretty yeah. It would be even funnier if you killed him on on like the material plane, end up going to like the nine hells or something and then he still blows up and kills you in the nine hells. My soul is tied to you, bitch. Because I'm pretty sure, like, I know that you, I know that like, I've seen the beginning of the game. I know that like, as part of the beginning, you are on like an illithid ship and it's like reality hopping to to escape some gith and it goes to the nine hells where in the nine hells, the logo for Baldur's Gate 3 is just floating in the air. Yeah. Just this big stone, these these big three stone pillars. It looked exactly like the exactly like the three in the logo. Yeah, I assume that's supposed to mean something. I haven't gotten, I haven't, I haven't actually gotten very far in the game. I've because I was just, uh, well, there, there's for for one, there's a, there's a ton of options and just a, there's a lot of stuff you can do. And I was just you know, ch- checking out all the characters, but yeah. So or you you can there's there's the sorcerer, but the sorcerer is also like this swashbuckling guy, who has. <laughs> Special proficiency with rapiers that regular sorcerers can't get. Is he an elf? He's not an elf. He is a human. Oh, okay. No, oh, well, there you go. He's a human. <laughs> he took proficiencies. But, but yeah, but he 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 has like a special proficiency level that's called the Blade of Frontiers, which is like he gets proficiency in rapiers, even though he's 
a sorcerer. I guess That's pretty cool. Those. Yeah. So, hey, what are you playing then? Well, I was tempted to get one of the pre-made characters because most of the uh, the playthroughs uh, I, that I've seen do that. I'm going to private message Jed a guess, and we'll see if I'm right. Okay. So keep talking. All right. All right. Well, like, did you send it? Yeah. Sent. All right. So, but then I, but then I caved and I decided to make Rothgar. Yep. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> I literally messaged dead dragonborn paladin. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, Oh, screw it. All right. For those Rothgar, who don't know, dragonborn paladin. Yeah, for those who don't know, Rathgar is like, I think the first character that you played in a D and D game. Yeah. And then kind of every D and D game he'd played since then, he made some version of Rathgar. Yeah, like Rothgar. We, well, I mean, it, well, it was only like, four games, so at this point, I think I've made more non-Rathgar characters than Rathgar characters. But yeah, for a while, because it was for a I, while, because we were, we were too lazy in, a, in my old group to re-roll our stats because we just wanted to get to the the, the game playing shenanigans ready. So we were like, all right, just Rathgar again. If you're listening to Curse Destiny, Galather is actually the furthest from Rathgar. I think uh, I think Alex has really played. Yeah. Ah, like Jade Beetle is pretty far. Oh yeah, Jade Beetle. God, that was fucking nuts. <laughs> that game was just. Uh. Yeah, it was a nightmare. So yeah, I decided. You know what? Screw it, Rathgar. So I picked Dragonborn Paladin and I named him Rathgar. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uh, and I I met so there so yeah the game start you start off on the Illithid ship where. Uh, like you pick up this get the Yankee girl or you can theoretically play as her, in which case I'm not sure what happens. Actually, I'm like, what happens if you're playing as this character and the cutscene happens where the character shows up in the story? Uh, then there's two of you. The reality folds in on itself. Yeah. And suddenly it loads up Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous. Possibly. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so Rothgar, uh, we met up with get the Yankee, met up with, Shadowheart, the half-elf cleric that everyone loves, and she's like the big waifu of the game, apparently. Really? I thought the waifu was a tiefling. I thought the waifu was a bear. Uh, the the bear's a dude. The bear's a husbando. Yeah, the, ah, bear's okay. a, the bear's a guy. And yeah, there is the tiefling, but I didn't actually... I, ne- I haven't met the tiefling yet. But yeah, apparently the tiefling is pretty popular, too. Yeah. I'll, so, I follow some people on Twitter, and I've seen a lot of tiefling asshole. So the, tiefli- the tiefling's gimmick is that she has a machine in her that, like makes her red hot to the touch. <laughs> so of course you, so of course you have to go through a quest of getting her to cool down so you can be intimate with her. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, and also, you know, if she keeps overheating, she'll eventually, you know, die. Not, not like nuclear explosion. Just Game normal, over. sad dying. Just, just normal, sad dying. And you know, you lose her. Yeah. And also if the vampire tries to drink her blood, um, he gets like a mouthful of acid. <laughs> Acid, not literal acid, well, the, but the like blood it's, it's, burns him. It, it burns him. It's like it's like drinking a mouthful of acid. He's like, oh, it burns. I think it would have been more like lava. Because if you're because if you're not playing as the the, the vampire is also another one of the very popular characters, uh, Asterian. If you're not playing as him, you only find out he's a vampire when you take a long rest and you wake up to him trying to bite you. Oh, okay, he's, I did. It, is he like he's like the bard, right? Uh, he's rogue. Rogue. Okay. Well, like white hair, pretty guy. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Okay. I. The only, I've I've watched part of one playthrough 
of Baldur's Gate 3. And it was the one where chat made all the decisions. Oh, boy. Where it was XP to level three. Uh, very popular D&D YouTuber. Check him out. He's good. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing uh, him post that. Yeah. Uh, his thing, his chat voted to kill Asterion. Oh, yeah. Steal you all have the option. Yeah. Steal you all have the of- option when you find out he's a vampire to just be like, all right, I'm going to stake you now. Uh, no, they, they, they killed him when they met him. Oh, you can ah! do that, too. Yeah. They killed him, stole all his clothes. Then resurrected him in only his underwear. <laughs> and then got him to join the party. Yeah, you can do that. Oh, I adore that. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of shit like that. Like, like one of the big things that I saw from like release of the game was people going like was people like streaming it blind and then getting the chat and the chat going like, hey, you see that Cambion over there with the fucking flaming sword? You can kill him and take the sword. Yes, you can. Which then led to a bunch of parties just TPKing because they fucking tried to fight him like a like a fucking dumbass. I actually pulled that off. I got that sword. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I kind of, I sort of cheated by disarming him and then just picking up the sword. How I'm is like, that cheating? Is, yeah. I'm hey like man, that's, goal. if the goal is getting that's, the sword, that's winning. Okay. Well, that's yeah, strategy. It, it is strategy. And it's getting the sword, but yeah, I didn't fight him straight on and get the sword that way. Yeah. I, I got him and I got that sword and then the ship crashes and you're in the first area of the game where you meet all the party members. Like, honestly, and, that's probably how I'd play it. And also, and also, literally, the first decision I had to make, I, I broke my paladin oath and became a fallen paladin. Of course you did. <laughs> I remember how you played Rathgar. Just immediately, like literally, the first thing you did, you, like, was there any warning, or did you, or did you just pick the option? No, and- it, it, it was just, it was like, it's like, hey, the Githyanki you met on the ship is like in a cage and being harassed by these people, and I'm like, all right, let's fight him. And that is apparently that's a I broke my oath. Because you're apparently you're, you're supposed to negotiate. What oath did you take? Uh, oath of basically fighting people. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't I don't remember I don't remember what, what I it was took called, the oath it, of hitting them. But it's basically like oath of like smiting injustice wherever you go. So I thought I thought I was you know just playing it right, but apparently no. And then it, it, as a paladin, if you break your oath, the oath breaker knight just appears out of nowhere, and he's like, "You're an oath breaker now." <laughs> And then your your uh, abilities change, and now you're evil. Well, you're not evil, but you have like dark paladin powers instead of whatever you had before. So you were oath of vengeance. I was oath of vengeance. Yes. Okay. I'm trying. I'm I'm going through the wiki to see if I can find anything about that. Because like oath of vengeance seems very much along the lines of like, oh, so you Why just fucking- am I talking to people? I'm just going to murder them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. so so and it was like yeah you you find uh you find Lizelle in a cage in a cage, and the people want to fight her and I'm like all right I'm gonna help her because she helped me and apparently just by doing that I became fallen. So Oath of Avenger Paladins abide by the following tenets: fight the greater evil, exerting your wisdom, identify uh the higher morality in any given situ in any given instance, and fight for it. And no mercy for the wicked. Chasten those who dole out their villainy by wiping their blight from the world forever. Yeah, it sounds like something went wrong there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because it sounds like you followed your oath. I thought I was following my oath, but no. Apparently- Maybe it's because you helped out the Gith Yankee, and the Gith are kind of bad guys. But she's a party member. I was like, well, I have to help her, <laughs> and she joined me in response. I mean, she's kind of she's kind of mean about it, but she's like, sure, we'll help. Oh, oh. So another thing that so one thing that happens is the mind flayers put their worms in your head. Yep. Before you escape. 
That's what so, my players do. So the whole so the whole thing is like we have to find a healer to get these these things out of our head before we turn into mind flares. And that's why you're going around with a Gith Yankee and a vampire rogue and this this new the wizard who is going to self-destruct if he doesn't eat magical artifacts and all those other guys. I'm just imagining I, I know I know he doesn't I know the eating is probably more like he just like sucks the essence out of it from through like some kind of ritual. I'm just imagining him just like snacking on a sword like a Kit Kat bar. Yeah. No, nah, he just he just like Shh, all right, I've taken their power. Mine's funnier. And does yeah, that destroy yeah. them or like uh, yeah, you lose the item. Okay. Like even the base item or just the magic part of it? No, you lose the item. Alrighty. So the, uh, so the, the, the I, item honestly, I think you're accurate, Dead. <laughs> like if you lose the item, he must be snacking on that shit. Like yeah, you, so, yeah. You you have you have the option that like when you when you open up the screen, it says like it says like Gale, which which is the guy's name. It's like Gale can consume this. <laughs> can you just put like a bunch of magic items in your drunk thing and, and you like your junk pile and like and, like this button is like move to junk, move to Gale. <laughs> yeah, no. You, you, I think I uh, I think you just have to do it in dialogue. He's like, "Hey, I need a magical item," and you're like, "All right, here you go." Here, ha, here, have a sword, witch. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he just because he's like he's like, well, when I when I lived in Belder's Gate, I just I had this whole treasury full of magic items that I could use whenever I had a problem. But you know, he's out. He got abducted by the the mind flares. As you do, dimension hopping. Yeah. And but but unfortunately, as, as much fun as I was having, I didn't get very far into Baldur's Gate three before I got sidetracked by Pokemon. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the last Pokemon game I played and before recently was Sun and Moon, which came out several years ago. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. they were fun. They were fun, but when Sword and Shield came out, uh. I, I was not happy about Dexit, which which basically was Dexit is basically for the first time ever they didn't have all of the possible Pokemon programmed into the game because they're like we can't do that anymore. There's too many. Hey, I, we have over a thousand Pokemon and we're making brand new 3D models. We might take a couple of games to get them all in. That yeah. sounds like a that sounds fuck like a, you. That sounds like a skill issue, my guy. No, it's it's a it's a, they're holding out for the DLC issue because it turns out <laughs> no, they they weren't they weren't they still didn't introduce all the Pokemon back in. Not with that one, but apparently I've when, from what I've seen uh, with with Scarlet and Violet. Once both DLCs are in, you'll pretty much have them all. There'll still be some missing, but yeah, you'll pretty much have them all. Yeah, they're like ninety five percent. Hey, look, Scarlet and Violet are the third game in this generation. Since actually, the 3D models got getting started, actually, they're gen, I think they're Gen Nine, and the last two games were Gen Eight. Yeah, but what I mean, what I'm talking about is like the yeah, the they, generation of these 3D models. Yeah, they're they're the third game on the Switch. Like well, it takes time four. to do 3D models, and they're not trying to kill their developers. Is this the game that's busted as fuck? Which one? Uh, like Scarlet and Violet, is this, is this the one where like you want to do Pokemon battle, then all of a sudden a Pokemon trainer just runs by you with the top half of their body spinning counterclockwise to the rest of their body as they just move yeah, I've through heard the stories field? About that. I have never heard anything like that. I've seen that. I've never even seen that. And like the worst I have is like constant communication issues when I'm trying to surprise trade. <laughs> so but more but but 
But more, more to the point, uh, Sword and Shield didn't have Blastoise at first. Yeah. Like, they were missing a few uh, and I, Pokemon. And, that and, and I was like, key. well, all right, I guess I'm not getting this one. Because like I said, Blastoise has been my go-to Pokemon since I started with uh, Red and Blue way back when Gen 1 first came out because I am older than you by quite a few, well, not quite a few years, but a few years. Yeah. The only reason I didn't have Gen 1 is because I couldn't afford it. Rich boy. <laughs> I had Pokemon Blue a couple years, a few years after it came out because it was cheaper and I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't play Pokemon in case you can't tell. Yeah, we figured. <laughs> Well, since we're talking about Pokemon, yes, uh, and you've already mentioned your favorite, uh, yes. what what gym would you try and run? What gym would I try and run? Yeah. Uh, I what guess gym do you think you'd run? Well, probably fire, because I think I like more fire ones than uh, water ones. Even though my top favorite is a water one. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. My yeah. top favorite is uh, is Metagross, but like. My second favorite is uh, fucking uh, Togekiss. Yes. I, I like beefy Mons. Uh, like, my favorite first gen is Snorlax. <laughs> like, I adore Snorlax. But, like, I like beefy Mons. I like Mons that can just sit there getting the shit kicked out of them and not even care. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why Steel Type is my preferred gym. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I think my second favorite is Tyranitar. Oh fuck yeah, Tyranitar! And uh, I, I also saw I saw the Gen Nine Tyranitar. Well, I mean it's not Tyranitar, but I mean it's like a new the the Paradox it. version. Yeah, of I was like, that yeah. looks pretty cool. Yeah, but it, but so it, so here, but here's the thing with Metagross um, and and Steel Types in general. So. Back then, that was the link cable days. Oh, yeah. And uh, none of my friends liked and or played Pokemon. Oh, you poor soul. So I was basically denied any kind of multiplayer. At, wow. <laughs> that's. Uh, Are you sure that's not someone hacking the game? Cause I'm sure. That's horrifying. So, so, so with Gen 2, uh, the top two Pokemon were... For steel were Steelix and Sizor. And they both require trades. They were pretty much the only real good, like good steel types. And they, they pretty much required trades. And since I didn't have anybody to trade with, I couldn't use them. Yeah. So yeah, I it sucked ass. So like, it it took it took quite a while. It took a while for me to get used to uh like, oh, I can just Wi-Fi trade now and get whatever I I never I need. I don't need to hunt down somebody with a link cable with within a walking it, radius of me. If you're patient, you can complete the entire Pokedex via surprise trading. Yeah. If you're patient and willing to suffer, because you have to catch a lot of Lechonks. And with, Met and with Metagross in particular, with Ruby and Sapphire, you can't get Metagross until the end of the game. Yeah, it fucking sucked. And That's I why Gen 4 was my favorite uh, generation. And I never finished I never finished Ruby and Sapphire. So I played, I played Red and Blue and Yellow. I played Gen 2. I played halfway through Ruby and Sapphire and then didn't play anymore. And then I didn't play four and five at all. I skipped it. Oh, the four, original Senno is great. Four, four fell through the cracks. And with five, I just like with five, I didn't like any of the, I didn't like any of the gen five Pokemon. Yeah. That's black and white. Right. And at first, black and white first, could suck ass. 
And at first I thought, uh, well, I guess I've just grown I, out of it because I I, like I, I really hate the black and white defenders <laughs> that I keep seeing. It's like, no, it's not a good game. They crippled half of the half of the decks. They ridiculously restricted uh, leveling so that you have to go through like stupid hoops to to grind to get anywhere in the game. Like the story, the story is phenomenal. But that's about a third of a Pokemon game. And the rest of it sucks ass. Stop defending bad games. Sorry, I'm very, 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 like, I really fucking hate those games. I mean, that could be. I just pick, I just didn't, I, was, I wasn't feeling black and white. And I thought, well, I guess I've just grown out of Pokemon because I don't like any of these. And uh, I guess I just like the old ones for nostalgia. I guess I'm done with the franchise. And then Gen 6 came out and I'm like, you know what? I like these. <laughs> I guess Gen 5 was just a fluke. There, there were very few black and white mons I liked, but I, there are a few that I'm like, yeah, those are cool. So, yeah, so I got back into it in the 3DS days. So, just quick interjection. Is yeah. mons like an accepted shortening for Pokemon, or is that just a cave thing? I mean, I've I don't... Heard some people it use elsewhere, it. but... Some, I mean, some some people use it. Uh, I've never... I don't, but... Yeah, just, it I've, works, I guess. I've never heard anyone refer to... In, refer to Pokemon as a group as Mons. The thing is, Mons can be Pokemon or Digimon or any capsule monster thing, even yeah, if it doesn't I, actually have Mon in the name. I have heard it used before, but not commonly. I've, I've heard it used for yokai watch creatures. Weirdly enough, I was kind of a yokai watch guy. I yeah. loved yokai watch. Yokai watch was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was inter- it was it was neat. It was neat, but it's it's star burned out pretty quickly, apparently. Oh, yeah. They put out those three games, then fucking nothing. And then Pokemon got back into the top tier again. Yeah, it was. It's like it's like whenever like a new social media platform comes out, it's like, all right, yeah, for like a hot 30 seconds, this is the fucking newest shit. Everyone's fucking moving over to it. It's amazing. And then after a while, that burns out. And everyone's back on Twitter. Yeah, I, I adore that people were like, uh, I, I literally heard one of my friends say this. Yokai Watch is going to be the Pokemon killer. And I was like, no, it's not. No, it isn't. Nothing is no, going to be the Pokemon not. killer. Pokemon, Pokemon will keep going until they have like more Pokemon than they have animals in a, in the world. <laughs> Were you going Amer- <laughs> to say in America? I was going to say in the zoo. Then my brain was like, no, zoos don't have a lot of animals. Go for America. Yeah. And then another part of my brain was like, America doesn't have a lot of animals. Say the world, dumbass. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna get to the point that there are more in that there are more unique species of Pokemon than there are unique species on the planet. Me, I mean, we're already at a thousand. So, so I played the Gen Six games, which was X and Y, and the the Ruby and Sapphire remake, which I actually finished this time. Oh, you, you, which did you play, Omega Ruby or Alpha Sapphire? I played Alpha Sapphire. Bitch. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I played Omega <laughs> Ruby. I, I, like, I've, I played, I've off, I played Alpha Sapphire because I like. Lat- I think Latios has better colors than Latios. Yeah, that's true. And that was basically that was basically what I went on and I was like, well, all right. I was like, I, I just I prefer like I prefer Groudon to uh, Kyogre. I don't actually. I'm going to be honest. I don't actually like either of those. Really? Hmm. Yes. Okay. But you know what I do like? The three golems. The red. I hate the Reggies. They're <laughs> such a pain in the ass to catch. There's such, I know, I, I, such a like, there's, there's this big puzzle routine and I'm bad at like, I'm, I'm bad with some kind of puzzles and those are the kinds of puzzles I'm not good at. 
That is true, but I just I like their designs. Yeah, the designs they, they, are pretty. They, sweet. they were a pain to get. Uh, yes, yeah, so I like their designs, and I like the the Reggie Gigas, which is like a bigger a terrible version of Pokemon. Reggie yeah, Gigas is terrible. <laughs> so he, Reggie Gigas has this thing where uh, for three turns, all of his stats are halved. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and in Pokemon, the first three turns are pretty much what win the yeah, match. It, it, st- strategic Pokemon is basically like you want to one shot everything. Right. I forgot that there's competitive Pokemon. There is competitive yeah. Pokemon, and it can be pretty competitive. Yeah, I know. I've yeah. heard Cave talk about it. Haven't done it for a long time, but yeah. Yeah, it's just, I actually just finished building a competitive ready team I, to go through the teal DLC. I was going to say, I, I have a competitive team that somebody, because I have a friend who was like really big into competitive Pokemon like a couple years back, and he just gave me like a team like of Chinese that are like full full IV, like maximum stats, everything. All set to go. I don't use them because they're overkill, but like if I'm playing competitively, or well, not even competitively, if I'm playing online and somebody plays a cheap team, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to get these guys out. One yeah, moment. I stopped playing competitive because I got tired of dealing with I, that bullshit. Yeah. But, you know, it, it can be fun. So, actually, here's a here's a question for like people who actually are into Pokemon. Um, like with, with, with like all talks of like, you know, DLCs and all that, like, like fucking money grabbing companies and stuff. I hear every once in a while when a Pokemon game is about to come out, like three or four people go, why are they still making two versions? Then you have to buy both to get all the Pokemon and then nothing again. Is that like an issue people have still, or is it, or is people, are people just like, yeah, that's how Pokemon is. You can't change it. So fuck it. Just buy both. I've always been. That's how Pokemon is. I'm going to say, yeah, at this point, it's just part of the, like some people gripe about it, but it's, it's the idea behind it isn't for you to buy two copies of the game. Yeah. It's you're for supposed, you to you're go supposed, out and find someone. To yeah, trade you're supposed with. to interact with other people and play and play with different versions. And now yeah. that you can do that online, it's really easy. It's so meant it's, to encourage socialization. Basically, yeah. But like, people it, are selfish. People people that buy both versions so they can just like get uh, get everything themselves are kind of missing the point. Okay. Yeah. It was never intended for you to have to buy both games. And like this is actually something that I adore that people are upset about. <coughs> people are upset about buying DLC that is basically the third game in the series for half the price. Yeah. And I just don't understand it. It's like like you're the like like and I have heard people say they should just keep going they should have kept going with the release in the third game. It's like no. That was a terrible practice. So for reference, Dad, in case you don't know, uh, for a while, they'd have two versions, and then they'd release a third version, like, a year or two later. Okay. So it's so like so an updated like, version. So it's like red, blue, and then yellow? Yes. Yes. Actually. That is exactly it. Yes. Okay. Or gold, um, silver, crystal, ruby, sapphire, emerald. Like, there be there is a third version, which would have uh, Pokemon from both, but it would end some new features. But it would also not have everything, because, you know... Why would I have everything? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> at, at this point, at this point, it's effectively it's impossible to get all the Pokemon now because, as, as we've mentioned, they don't program all of them into the games anymore. To the point they're where they're working they, on it. But... To the point where they actually they took gotta catch them all out of the out of the marketing because they're like, well, you can't catch them all anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, yeah, so it's less so that's what I was thinking of. 
which is which is like people just going like, man, that's just how Bethesda games are. You just got to roll with it. We can't complain about Bethesda games not working. That's just how they are. And now there's... And it's more that people are missing the fucking point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so after Sun and Moon, uh, I took a several years off of Pokemon because, like I said... I saw Sword and Shield didn't have my favorite, and I was like, "All right, I guess I'm not, I'm not getting this one." And then it kind of drifted off. But then the other day, as I was browsing eBay, uh, this one guy was giving away Sword and Brilliant Diamond for very cheap, which is like about twenty five dollars a game. So about fifty dollars plus shipping for both of them, which is a, I think, a good deal because they're still being sold full price. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, how Nintendo is. <laughs> like, yeah, prices never drop on Nintendo. So shit, ever. Yep. So yeah. So as, I was like, as, All I, right. as I will say, they are they are for better and for worse the Disney of video games. So yeah, so I I got him and I was like, uh, all right, I guess I'm going to be playing Pokemon again for a while. And I started with Brilliant Diamond, which everyone complains uh, is not very good because it's just a basically one for one remake of Sinnoh but without like the additional stuff from the better game. But like I said, I never played Gen 4, so this is my first time. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I enjoyed myself, but yeah. like I'll just grab my copy of Diamond and load up the original game. I guess I don't have the original <laughs> game. So So this is the fir- yeah, this is the first time I've ever played like I've I know Sinnoh cuz I've seen some of the Pokémon from this is the first time that we've had a remake instead of a remaster. Yeah. And it's a little insulting to the long-standing Pokemon fans. Uh because like for the people like you, it's great. Perfect. Beautiful. For people like me, it's like yeah. you just made a worse version of one of my favorite games. Well, the- theoretically, I should I should be more like a more like you, except I, di- I didn't actually play Gen Four. Exactly, you didn't it, play it, so you don't it have just, that. It just history. I didn't have a, I didn't have a DS at the time, so it just like passed by me. So, uh, actually, speaking of remakes, in fact, here's actually a quote from somebody who reviewed the game, uh, saying, "If a good remake is defined by its loyalty to the original, then Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are very good remakes indeed." So it's not necessarily a worse version of the original. It's just the original again, minus the things that made they it better had, from the second. They game. had, to, they had, no, no, no. Actually, like they had to change certain elements from Diamond <laughs> itself because they were dependent on the generation it was released in, including like dual screen functionality and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So second review, uh, call them faithful remakes of the DS titles, but they quote deviate from the mechanical blueprint with varying degrees of success. Yep. Okay. And like like I said, I enjoy them. I just there there's a lot of effort that was not put in that had been put in to every remaster that we'd gotten yeah. before then. Yeah, like com- compared to like the Ruby and Sapphire remaster had a lot of new stuff that wasn't in the original game. Heart Gold, Soul Silver. But people still complain that something from Emerald wasn't in there. The Battle Fire Frontier Red Leaf Green. Fuck the Battle Frontiers, garbage. <laughs> that- <laughs> Uh, the Battle Frontier was just, hey, I want to be able to flex on everybody by saying I beat this. That's all the Battle Frontier was, so fuck that. So it's like the Battle Tree. Yeah. So it makes sense that people are complaining about it. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. People will, if you if you take away their ability to hold something over somebody else, they will shit on you for the rest of your life. Yep. 
So yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing through Brilliant Diamond. It's uh, it's it's pretty fun so far. Uh, and then after that, I'm gonna hit Sword. And then once that's done, I'll get around to Violet or Violet and Scarlet eventually. And you're supposed speaking to hit, Violet, you're supposed to hit Shield, not hit the Sword. Well, <laughs> you know, I wanted. Well, well Dumb actually, joke. I was gonna say I, I'm gonna say I didn't really have a choice on which version I got because that was the version this guy was selling on eBay. It's like, all right, I'll take it. Dumb joke. Moving on. Yeah. And speaking of Scarlet and Violet. Well, uh, so I just, like, I held off on getting the teal mask because I figured there would probably be bug fixes <laughs> in the first few, like, days. Because, I mean, Pokemon games have been a little buggier recently. And especially... for people who don't know, what is teal mask? Oh, teal mask is the, is the first half of the DLC for Scarlet and Violet. Okay. Uh, you go to a new region, Kitakami, you get a whole new Pokedex that's really only like 50 additional Pokemon or something like that, because like if you caught all the mo- all the Pokemon from the original Scarlet and Violet, you've got like a hundred and something Pokemon in your Kitakami decks. Uh, and I like the first thing I did was, I'm going to build a brand new team, because I'd, I'd heard that Kitakami was hard, but I didn't want to go into it with my level 100 team. Because that's just not fun. So I did some quick research, found out found out the average level for the Kitakami's like generic trainer type, which is like sixty ish if you beat everything. Like if you go into the teal mask from day one, like supposedly they're lower level. But I was gonna say, is it scaled? It scale it scales with your completion. Because I heard I heard the sword DLC is the same way. They're like it's scaled, so you can jump right into the DLC. Yeah, as soon as you can, get a bunch uh, of overpowered Pokemon, and then go and crush the rest of the game. <laughs> and I hated my team. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was pretty much all like fast sweepers. And as I said before, I prefer chunky boys. Um, so I like, there's a second half of the DLC that's coming out that I've already started building a team for. And it's mostly chunky boys because I prefer playing with chunky boys. I, I prefer- was saying that's, that's why he's not very good at competitive Pokemon. It actually <laughs> Actually, I have won one tournament and quit after that because I fucking hated it. Did you did you win with the Chonky Boys? Uh yes, actually. Ah. My my team was a bunch of slow status move setters. Uh so it like, would I have just... been hilarious if you were like, Oh, I heard I heard this region's hard. Let me make a new team so it starts with my level hundred guys. Go in, first guy you fight, level 120. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, it's like it's like it scales to be hard to your actual highest level Pokemon. It's like, oh fuck! I tried to go easy on you, that, fuckers. I I would have been like, okay, time to pull out my level one hundred sweeper because I went for Skeledurge, who is a big chonky boy, and in my opinion, has the best move of all the three starters, which is Torch Song, and Torch Song is the best. Because it raises your special attack when you use it. And it's a special attack move. So, okay, I'm a big chunky boy who's going to survive a few turns. Torch Song. And my second use of Torch Song kills you. You send out another guy. First use of Torch Song doesn't kill you. Second use kills you. And now I sweep your entire team, even if they're resistant to fire type, because I also have a ghost type move. I know nothing of Pokemon. And Skeletor's my favorite because he has Skeleton in the name. He's a skeletal crocodile. Yeah. Fuck he yeah. Is awesome. Skeletons. He is awesome. I love Skeletor so much. Um, I've and I will say this. 
fuck the duck. <laughs> fuck the duck. I spent so long surprise trading for the duck because no one I knew had taken the duck starter. And apparently no one in the world was breeding for a shiny Quaxley because it took me three days. I traded over 400 mons just wow. to get this one fucking duck. <laughs> Fuck the duck. I did not know Skeledurge was the final evolution of that thing. I thought he was like the first one and then he leveled up from there. No, that's Fuecoco. That's such a fun name. I love saying Fuecoco. I love it. Yeah, so why do the first two have like Hispanic themes like Fuecoco and then the second one has like a sombrero looking thing? And the last one's just a fucking fire crocodile? Uh... He's themed after Day of the Dead. Yeah. Like his skull mask is Day of the Dead. Huh. I don't see it, but I guess. Like, it's not my culture, so I can't fucking say with any authority. And the whole region is in Spain. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, like Paldea oh, yeah. is uh, the... That would have uh, that uh, been, the... been a better thing to go. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's all every, Spanish themed. Oh, yeah, every region... Well, every region is based... Well, the first four regions were based off Japan, but then after that... They were started They've being been, based off of other, like like uh, the Gen Five region, which the black and white, which we all hate, New is York. based on the U.S. Of course, of <laughs> course, the bad one has to be America. Specifically, <laughs> New York. Yeah, and then and then Kalos is France. It has the not Eiffel Tower and everything, and then Aloha is Hawaii, and then I think the, the which last is one was, gr- like I love the Alola games, especially for trying something different. Like I have nothing to say against the Alola games, so. So it's been you, Nova. so it's been one country and then cities within a country and then just Spain. No, we also had France. Yeah, France. that's um, okay. Yeah, sorry. I keep for some reason in my head I was like, like you said France and then the Eiffel Tower. So I thought it was specifically Paris. No, there, there. No, the main city is based on Paris, but like there's all those places that are based on the French countryside. Okay. So how much longer do you think until we get Canada? Oh, uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> like you guys, like, like the big problem is Canada would be mostly ice type, and ice type is the second worst type in the game. Bro, we have we have fucking twenty five percent of the world's clean water. Think about what stereotyping does, Dad. Yes, we'd also have fighting types. <laughs> yeah, a lot of birds. Yeah, yeah there, a lot there, of birds. There, yeah, like, it'd be a lot of fucking birds. This... It'll be a, it'd be a lot of flying types. It'd be a lot of fucking ice types. It'd be a lot of fucking fighting types. Like, one of the one of the starters would be like a little a little thing that turns into a moose uh, mounty. <laughs> people people have like made fan based regions on Canada. I know I've watched one. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of fan based Pokemon. That yeah, what, like, one of the wow. starters is going to start from like Pee Wee hockey up to like NHL. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They love doing their like sports themed Pokemon. Yeah. His main yeah his main fucking move the animation of it is he fucking throws off his gloves and just fucking gets thrown to a penalty box. Oh, uh, then, yeah. Oh, he'd be water dark type. Oh, <laughs> uh, It's like, oh, he hits him with a fucking slap shot there. Actually, I think Canada would have a lot of dark types based on what you've told me about Canada. It's like, oh, that's going to be two minutes for high sticking. But uh, so I go into the teal mask and I'm like, all right, hopefully I won't just sweep these people. Hopefully me building a competition ready team. Like, hopefully Pokemon making a challenging, like, DLC will actually be... Eh, no, it was, it was balls easy. Like, I, 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 could, I, I, I traded... I changed out my Pokemon just to give them a chance. And I, I play on set, which means, like, when your opponent changes Pokemon because you knocked them out, you don't get a free trade. 
you have to like trade after they've already got their Pokemon out so they can basically get a free hit on you. And I was like, I'm going to give them a chance. I swept every team without losing a single Pokemon. <laughs> and I felt bad for it. And I wasn't over-leveled. I was actually under-leveled for some of the fights. So, yeah. This is, this is just a story mode? Yeah, this is just the story mode. Yeah, the story mode in Pokemon is usually easy if you know what you're doing. Yeah, but I was I I'd, I'd been told that the Kitakami region was difficult. So. Like again, this is a game that's aimed at little children who yeah. have poor have poor concept of RPG mechanics. My biggest who problem like, who were like, I'm gonna make a Charizard and he gave it three fire moves because fire is cool. But my biggest problem with like Kitakami is if you come in having beaten everything, your opponents use under evolved Pokemon pretty heavily like embarrassingly so like so Poochyena is a common beginner Pokemon like it's like you find it on the first route it evolves relatively early on like level I want to say like 20s somewhere in the 20s I'm not sure uh I fought multiple level 65 plus Poochyena <laughs> which the amount of time you would have to spend grinding your Poochyena's levels up and pressing the B button whenever it wanted to evolve or giving it an Everstone is fucking ridiculous. Speaking of Everstones, I, I see a lot of people trade online. Like they, tra they trade the ones that have to evolve when traded, but they attach Everstones to them. Oh yeah, people just are dicks. To, just to be jerks. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course, of course. The best, the best uh, trade I've ever seen is a Snorlax named your mom with a burn heel attached. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that person is a king. Oh lord, that person is a king. Oh my god, that's take, brilliant. Take note, game developers. If you take out tea bagging, people find other ways to grieve. <laughs> oh, that was. Oh, that's 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 next level. That person gets that person gets full points. Um, but what I have to say about the teal mask is this: it is possibly amongst the most interesting story writing yeah, Pokemon I, has done. I heard Scarlet and Violet goes really hard on like the story. The story is great, and the teal mask continues doing well with their storytelling. And, like, I think Scarlet and Violet have the best story since uh, Gen 5, Unova, Black and White, Black 2, White 2. Um, and I think that, like, the Teal Mask is really solid storytelling, but it's not as good as the rest of Scarlet and Violet because it feels like it's setting up the story of the second, second DLC, the second half of the DLC, whatever you want to call it. And... I feel like the, the I feel like the teal mask is suffering slightly because of it, which is a shame. Because again, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's well written, but it leaves off on a cliffhanger. And you know, you guys know how much I despise cliffhangers. Oh, uh, yep. No. And it feels like the, they're does setting... it end on a literal cliffhanger or just like uh, like and like this is not answered. We'll have to figure it out. Uh it ends with a character that you have like tried to be close to, but ended up betraying slightly like, like setting up, like they're the villain for the next. Oh, okay. Which I mean, it's not really a true cliffhanger, but it's cliffhanger enough that I'm like, come on. 
It's it's not like the the days of dot hack where it's like yeah, it ends on a dramatic cliffhanger and then you're back to you know running around until the next game is released. <laughs> yeah. Um. And speaking of dot hack, I'll have to talk about that next time because we're almost out of time. <laughs> Alrighty. But I highly recommend Teal Mask to anybody who who doesn't have it yet. Um. If you're if you've played through Scarlet and Violet, I recommend it. If you're thinking about getting Scarlet and Violet, and we're hesitating because you wanted to see how the DLC would look. The DLC looks great. The second half reintroduces Metagross, the best Pokemon. Uh, so yeah, go on, go out, and get it. It's well worth your money. It's a lot of fun. The well, characters are great. I love Carmen. She is manic, insane energy, and she's so hilarious. Yeah, I'll, I'll get, to, I'll definitely get to Scarlet and Violet eventually because it looks interesting. And I won't. Probably not, but that's okay. Yeah, we love you anyway. There is one Pokemon game that I do kind of want to look at, mainly because it's not a Pokemon game. It's Detective Pikachu. Oh yeah, Detective Pikachu is great. Oh yes. Uh, another not Pokemon. Uh, if you've ever played games like Etrian Odyssey. I, rec- I highly recommend the Mystery Dungeon series because that's a lot of fun too. Well, I mainly bring up Detective Pikachu because, hey, new release is coming out this week. On day of recording, Detective Pikachu returns. In Detective Pikachu Returns. So it's he's a- returning in the return? Yeah. And that is the only it's game like of note coming out in the next two weeks. <laughs> the week after that, though, things start getting crazy. Oh, yeah, because it's... Uh- that time of year yep it's time of year when everyone just fucking finally poops out every game they've been working on oh yeah we're gonna be busy next <laughs> no next we, month we don't have the mo- we don't have the money to be busy next next month is star ocean 2's remake which looks interesting and more, more importantly yes Super mario rpg remake yeah yes definitely getting that shit i was like i was like i've been waiting for that for 25 years so I guess I'm going to have to get it. I've done my waiting. 25 <laughs> years of it. <laughs> anyway, that's here for this episode. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back before the year's out, probably. Hopefully. Hopefully. Until then, I'm dead. I'm Kev. I'm Alex. Hey, we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Have a wonderful time.